Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. Jesus, say in my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we have come before your word again this resurrection morning like people that have found a great spoil. We ask for eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear his voice. Eyes that understand who we are in Jesus and who Jesus Christ is in us. I ask for a supply of the spirit of Jesus for this message today that our hearts be established in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that at the end of this message, everybody will be edified and your name alone will be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this morning I want to speak about the risen Christ. Uh, this is resurrection morning, and what we, we say uh, is uh, what we believe as Christians is that this Sunday morning was the day that the Lord Jesus came out of the grave. Uh, like we were singing in, in that song just a moment ago, that death could no longer hold him, and he came out of the grave. And that resurrection um, is the game changer of Christianity. That resurrection is the reason why Christianity exists. If Jesus came, um, lived his life, you know, and he died, and he never came out of the grave like so many other religious leaders that we know about from history, um, we would have been not any different from any other religion. Uh, But the reason why Christianity stands out is that Jesus is no longer in the grave. I said Jesus is no longer in the grave. You can literally go to the grave and look at it (laughs) and see that he is no longer there. Is no longer where they put him, and that's why we celebrate. Uh, that, and, uh, but unfortunately, many people still don't believe it. Many people still find it hard to believe it, just like the early Christians. Even though, despite the account of 514 documented uh, witnesses that saw him physically when he came out of the grave, a lot of people still don't believe it. This question of whether or not you believe that Jesus came out of the grave is what determines your eternal destination. I'm going to say that again. This one question, do you believe that Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, that he is who he says he is? That is the single most important question that determines our eternal destination. It's what gives us access to eternal life, uh, what in the Greek is known as zoe, the life of God in the human spirit. And that's why you find in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that we're going to read in a moment here in the Bible that the Apostle Paul from Scripture He was trying to make an argument here for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because at that time, some false prophets in a city known as Corinth were saying that there's no resurrection of the dead. So what he was trying to say was that if there is no resurrection of the dead, then we can forget about Christianity. So let's look at his argument here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse number 1. I'll do the reading. You just follow me on the screen. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Verse number 5, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. That is, at the time he was writing this, 
but some are falling asleep, which means some of those people have died and some were still alive. Verse 7, after that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, whom am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of, of God. Verse number 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Verse 12. Now, please pay attention here. If Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith is also empty. In other words, there's no, there's no faith. Yes, and we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. Verse 16, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. Thank God our faith is not futile. You are still in your sins. So he's saying that if there is no resurrection of the, of the dead, if Christ did not come out of the grave, we, we are still in our sins. Then also, those who are falling asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Verse 20, but now. Somebody say, but now. Christ is risen from the dead. Say amen to that. And has become the first fruit of those who are falling asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Every, everybody who believes in Christ shall be made alive. Then he says, but each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Afterwards, those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemy under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Glory be to God. What a powerful scripture. Um, I, I, I encourage you, take some time on your own to go, go over the scripture and read it again and see what he's trying to say here. He's trying to say that the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the basis of our faith. That is the only reason why our faith is not futile. That's the only reason why we have hope. That's the reason why Christians don't, don't mourn when, when somebody dies. Yeah, we are sad. We are not happy that we, we lose people. But we know, because we have a hope in Christ, that those who have died are going to rise again, just as Jesus did. So, just like I was saying, like so many people before us, so many generations before us, some have been told this exact story, but they refuse to believe it. Some still do not believe the testimony of those who saw Jesus that, uh, and, and when he came out of the grave. Mark chapter number 16, verse 14. Let's move further here. Mark 16, verse 14. He says, later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So Jesus was rebuking his disciples at this time that some people saw me and they told you that they saw me, but you still didn't believe them. So your response, I will say it again because this is the center of everything, your response to the claim of Jesus and his resurrection is what makes you a believer. Do you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? That is what we mean when we say someone is a believer. That is what you believe in. 
because some people don't have a problem believing that Jesus was an historical figure. People, people know that. They've, they've read about him in other books uh, that is not even the Bible. That he was an actual historical figure is documented. But the challenge that a lot of people have with the claim of Christianity is that Jesus is who he said he is. That is the main bone of contention. So let's look at it. My three points. Who is the risen Christ? Let's look at it from Scripture. Who is this risen Jesus? Number one, Jesus Christ is God. That's my first point. Jesus Christ is God. G-O-D. He is God. He is more than an historical figure. John chapter number one from verse one to three. Look at what it says. John chapter one from verse one to three. In the beginning was the word. That is Jesus. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. If you, if you are like me and you grew up reading the, the King James Version of the Bible, um, Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 7 talks about the fact that Jesus taught it not robbery to be equal with God. But we're going to use the New Living Translation just for clarity here. And let's look at what it says about Jesus. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was what? Oh, are you alive? Though he was what? He was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So even though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to hold on to. He left that and came to the world to be a ransom for us. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Glory be to God. This is the difference between Jesus and Lucifer. This is the major difference between Jesus. And when people think about the devil, they think of Jesus versus the devil. No, there is, they are not on the same level. <laughs> and I want to clarify that for you this morning, that Jesus and Satan are not on the same level. Jesus is God. Satan was created by Jesus. Oh, did you hear what I said? You missed that. Satan himself <laughs> was created by Jesus because Jesus is God. So you who is a created being cannot be on the same level with your creator. So the devil is not on the same level with Jesus. The devil is an angel that, that fell. Let's look at his fall. Isaiah chapter 14 from verse number 12. Isaiah chapter 14 verse number 12. How you are falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther side of the north. I will ascend. Can you see everything? He's just saying, I will do this. I, I, I. I will ascend above the height of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down. So this is what happened to the devil. When, when God created him, God made the devil for a particular purpose. And from scripture, theologians believe that it was for music in heaven. He was literally wired as a musician to, to give God praise and to give God glory. So he was an angel. And his place was to give God his place. But it looks as if from this scripture that Lucifer got tired of giving God his place. He got tired of doing what he was created to do. And it's very easy to, 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 to hear the story of, the, of Satan and say, yeah, devil, he got tired of serving. You know, he got tired of serving God. He wanted to be served. I will, I will ascend to the heavens. I will make my throne. But the truth of the matter is, we don't know how many gazillion years he must have been doing this for. 
We don't know. <laughs> we don't know how long before we, we encountered the story that he must have been serving God. And one day he just woke up and decided that, you know what? Rather than serving God, I want to be served too. And it's easy for us to get into this trap where, where God has put us. We do it for so long, it becomes so mundane, and then we get tired of it. We say, no, no, why must I be the one doing all this? Why standing at the door and greeting people when they come in? No, no, I too can preach. No, you know, and, you, and we get tired of things, and it's easy, it's very easy. So what we need to do is to reflect, <laughs> okay, and reflect and say, God, give me the grace to continually do what you have created me to do. Stay in my place, stay in my place. Now, let's look at an, an example of Jesus again, just to, to contrast it with what happened with the devil here. Uh, in, in John chapter number 13, and I like this because it's very interesting. Jesus, the Bible says, knowing that all things belong to him. Let's look at what he did as a result of what he knew about himself. John chapter number 13, from verse number 3. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, he rose from supper, laid aside his garment, took a towel and gathered himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was gathered. This is interesting because the Bible says, Jesus, look at, go back to verse 3 and look at it. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, you would think that somebody who knows that all the world belongs to him, the next thing he would do is not to, to kneel down and start washing his disciples' feet. <laughs> So he's saying that the knowledge of you knowing who you are in God should lead you to serve other people. That's what it should do. Not to make you proud, not to make you feel like, you know, now, now I've arrived. Everybody has to, you know, everybody has to respect me. Everybody, and you start talking anyhow, or you start treating people anyhow. No, no, no. Our knowledge of who we are in God is supposed to lead us to serving people because Jesus, knowing that he was God, he left all of that and came down to ransom us. So that's the first thing. Point number two. Jesus is the way. So we have said point number one, Jesus is God. Number two, Jesus is the way. John chapter 14 from verse 1 to 6. Let's read this and see it. John chapter number 14 from verse 1 to verse number 6. John 14, 1 to 6. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I, I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is one of the biggest challenges that people have <laughs> with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How can you say you are the way? That nobody can come to the Father except through you. You know, people don't have a problem believing that, you know, Jesus is a way. A way, right? That some people will believe in Jesus, they will go to heaven. Some people will believe in other things, you know, believe in a statue, you know, believe in other things. And they will be good people. And they are also supposed to go to heaven, <laughs> That is the logic of man. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So only through Jesus can we get to the Father. There is therefore only one way to God. His name 
is Jesus. And you may be watching online this morning, or you're you are, you are in the room, and you are, you, are, you are contemplating the Christian faith. You're still, you know, new to all of these things. Uh, this is something for you to really think about and ponder about. That if Jesus came and he made, he made some bold claims <laughs> that no other figure in history was able to make because he knew exactly what he was talking about. And there is so much documented proof in Scripture to show that he was actually who he said he was. Unfortunately, it was after he, he was dead and, and was resurrected that even right from the, the, the cross where they crucified him, the soldiers started to say, that, ah, truly, this guy was the son of God. <laughs> but by that time, he was already gone <laughs> until he came, he came out of the grave. So we don't want to wait until it is too late. That's where I'm going. We don't want to wait until it is too late because some people will, you know, they say Jesus is coming soon and they say Christians have been saying that Jesus is coming soon for thousands of years. Why hasn't he come? The truth of the matter is that the day you sleep and do not wake up in the morning, that day Jesus has come for you. That's the end of it. And from that point, the Bible says after death comes judgment. There is no longer an opportunity for you to say, ah, wait, 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 that thing they were telling me, let's discuss it. No, no, no. There's no, after that point, it's, it's over. So it's either you believe it while you still have the opportunity, or you don't. So he is not a way, he is the way. He is the exclusive way to God. Exodus chapter 20 from verse 2 to 3. This God that we serve is a jealous God. The Bible describes him as a jealous God. He doesn't want us to have any other God beside him. Exodus 20 verse 2 to 3. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Therefore, you cannot be a Christian and have any sort of affection for any other gods. I came out of, a, of a, a Muslim background, an Islamic background. There are things in the Islamic faith that, that are nice. It's not everything that is bad. There are some things that... Because every religion has a moral code. So there are some things there that are nice. But I cannot say I'm a Christian and I'm still admiring uh, another religion. No, no, no. Because Christianity, technically, is not even a religion. If they give you a form, I always tell you, and they put religion, please feel Christianity there. <laughs> but I'm saying to you that Christianity is you believing in the person of Jesus, who he said he is, and having a personal relationship with him. That is what Christianity is all about. So, this is so critical that he said it more than once. Also in Deuteronomy chapter number 5. Look at it, Deuteronomy chapter 5, from verse 6 to 7. He repeated this all over again, the exact same thing. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, you shall have no other gods before me. So Jesus is God. Jesus is the way. Finally, point number three, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he is not just God. He is also the Son of God. And this is, again, where it gets, you know, confusing for a lot of people that, how oh, can you say somebody is God? And no, 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 now he's now the son of God. <laughs> How can you say that? No, the Bible tells us from the scripture that we read initially that he took on human form so that he can reconcile man back to God. Um, uh, and, and a lot of people, again, don't have a problem with the fact that Jesus came to the earth. But even the religious leaders at that time, the major reason why they crucified him was that he said he is the son of God. While he was before Pilate, Pilate said, I, I found no fault in this guy. You are screaming, all of you are yelling, crucify him, crucify him. I cannot find any fault in him. They said, no, he said he's the son of God. So, and he is the king of the Jews. So, they wrote on the thing, king of the Jews. Then they said, no, don't say, no, ah, don't say he is the king of the Jews. Say he said he is the king of the Jews. <laughs> and Pilate said, no, 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 what I have written, I have written, end of story. Okay, so Jesus is who he said he is. But unfortunately, people don't believe it. And the people of his day also did not believe him. The question is, are you going to believe it? 
And Jesus, while he was on earth, was very clear about this. And he, he even put this question to his disciples just to see where they were. And that you find it in Matthew chapter number 16. As we begin to tie this up. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13 to 17. Who do you say that I am? That is the, that's the biggest question. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I am? That I, the son of man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. If Jesus, go back to that. If Jesus had said, you know, I'm one of the prophets. Let's go back to verse 14. If Jesus had said, I'm one of the prophets, you know, they won't have any problem with him, right? But the fact that he said, he is, he is, please go back to verse 14, verse 14. So look, he said, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. This is what people were saying that he is. So that means that they didn't, they didn't have a problem with the fact that, you know, he is one of the prophets. If he had said that, yeah, that would be fine because, I mean, there are so many prophets. But the fact that he, he separated himself, let's move on now to verse 15 and look at it, that he, he, he now said, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And this is the question he's asking us this morning. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What was Jesus' answer? Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In other words, whoever recognizes that he is the Christ, the Christ simply means the Messiah, the anointed one. That he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that is the, the person that is blessed. That is the person that is going to come into the full inheritance that Jesus provided. That is the most important question you will ever answer. This is the question, like I started with, that determines your eternal destination. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? This is the only thing that can send anybody to hell. Please listen to what I said. You know, people don't like hearing about heaven and hell anymore now, but it's a real place. Uh, and like I said, it will be too late when you face the judgment and you realize that, I mean, they asked one very popular rapper who professes the Christian faith, although his behavior does not really match, but <laughs> he professes that he's a Christian. But I like what he said. They asked him one time. They said, you are saying you are a Christian, you believe in heaven, you believe in hell, and all of these things. What if you die, and you now realize that this thing you believe was not correct? He said, I believe that Jesus is who he said he is. If I die and I realize that it's not correct, it simply means we are all now on the same level. But if you die, and you, you told the interviewer, if, if you die, and you now realize that what we have been saying is correct, then you are, you are the one that is doomed, <laughs> because there's no other opportunity for you. So, that I believe it now, and I'm living my life like this, if I die and I realize that, okay, well, all these things was not even correct, then there's no big deal. We are all now on the same level. So, whatever is there for all of us, we are, but if, if I am correct, you are doomed. That is the question you need to ask yourself this morning. That, is there any chance that Jesus is actually who he said he is? Is there any chance? And if there is a chance, what is my eternal destination? I don't want you to leave this broadcast this morning or to leave the church this morning and not make this personal decision. It is a personal decision. Every single one of us at one point or the other will be faced with this question and we have to answer it. In the time of Jesus, he asked his disciples directly. For some of us, he will ask us through other people as, as things go along. And Jesus prayed and said, God, that all the people who will believe in me through your words, through these people's words, that you would make them one. So there are people who will also believe in Jesus through our own words. 
And this question is what all of us need to answer. If Jesus is who he said he is or not, and you can make that decision this morning. And I want to give you that opportunity. With everybody, just bow your heads wherever you are, with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you're in the room this morning, or you are watching online, I want to give you this opportunity. We do this regularly to give you an opportunity to make a decision. This is not uh, an attempt to embarrass you or to, we're not going to call you out and say, you know, no, no, there's no, I just want to know that you are making this decision. If you are online or you are in, 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 the, in the church this morning, you want, to, you want to make a decision to say, I believe that Jesus is who he said he is. And I want to begin a personal relationship with him. I want you to shoot up your hand. With every eyes closed, all else bowed. Just lift up your hand. I just want to know that I'm praying for you. Please close your eyes, everyone. I want to give those people an opportunity to express how they feel in their heart. If you want, to, you want to accept Jesus this morning as your Lord and your Savior. Yes, you are watching online. I want you to lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand. It's a sign of faith. It's a sign of faith and a sign of surrender. Go ahead. God bless you for that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? You want to accept Jesus this resurrection morning? You want to accept him as your Lord and Savior? God bless you. Everybody, let's say this together with them. Say, Father, go on. you need to open your mouth, please. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. I believe in my heart that God sent you to die for my sins. I confess with my mouth that you were raised to life again on the third day. I accept you into my life today as my Lord and personal Savior. Holy Spirit, Come into my life today and do something with it. Can you say it one more time? Say, Holy Spirit of God, I accept you by faith today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for these hands that are lifted up to you, believing in their hearts that Jesus came and that he died and was raised to life again on the third day and that he is who he said he is. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you accept them in the name of the Lord Jesus you will write their names in the book of life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. All right, so if you said that prayer with us, whether you're in the room or you're online, if you're in the room, we have a, a, a pack at the back there. It's called the Salvation Package. It, it has a Bible, a brochure that shows you how to read the Scriptures, and it, it also has a book called It Did It All For You. It's a good place to start. Just pick it up, read through it, and see exactly this new faith that you, you believe in and see what Jesus did for you. And if you are online, you can write to us with the email that, that will go on the screen now and send us an email and just let us know you said this prayer with us. Uh, we just want to give you that gift. We're going to send it to you at our own expense just to send you that package that would help you. If you are in Halifax, Nova Scotia, we want to invite you to join us at one Sunday at 10 a.m. anytime that you can and we will be glad to receive you. If you are not in this city, if you are anywhere else in the world, please find a Bible-believing church that you can connect with, okay? That you can join and that you can start to learn the things that are really given to you in Christ. And God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.